0: Hi everyone, welcome to uh, the Upfront Summit. Thank you so much Mark and the Upfront team for having us here. I'm Brent Weinstein, I'm a partner at United Talent Agency, thrilled to be joined on stage with Ty uh, and Chris. We're going to jump right in, we've got 25 minutes to talk about this extraordinary new film that's coming out, and as much as everyone I'm sure is excited to hear spoilers and uh, what's being adapted, uh, we're going to talk about the application of all these amazing things in the movie uh, to a lot of the uh, topics uh, and businesses that many people here at the summit cover on a daily basis, so uh, let's jump right in. Uh, one of the things that is really interesting is that many people here uh, at this summit, they're investors, they're entrepreneurs, they're operators, who look at early stage opportunities through the lens of, is this solving a big problem? Is it solving a big inefficiency in the marketplace? You want to share videos with grandma on the other side of the country? YouTube allows you to do that. You want to. Uh, get a massage on demand, soothe. You have excess time and you're a town car driver, Uber you know, helps you monetize that. It seems to me that you know, the technology in the book, and thus the film, The Oasis, is really built to solve many problems, overcrowding and uh, problems with the public education system and scarcity of, uh, of natural resources. You know, as the executive producer of the film, Chris, talk about the, you know, the connectivity between the themes of this film and what we see happening in the real world. Sure, sure. Um, You know,
1: technology, obviously, uh, as you point out in your question, is a solution to lots of things. I think this book and the movie, by extension, um, explores those, and hopefully in a meaningful way. And hopefully highlights, I guess, some of the ethical issues involved. Um, You know, I I think I I was talking to Mark Andreessen a year or two ago, and he said, uh, "Look, what they look for opportunities where you introduce software into a situation, and changes the business wholeheartedly, right?" So, you know, Uber is cars with—I mean, it's taxis with software. Airbnb is you know short-term rentals add software to it. Um, the oasis and, and the, what's explored in this book is like our life adds software to it. What happens when you do that? And um, I think uh, to answer your question a bit, the, the, some of the some of the things you raise like education, you know what happens when you add software to that? What happens? As portrayed in the book, this notion that we could have um, classes that are ubiquitous, they're for everyone. There's equal education. We get over overcrowding in the book, but I think also the book explores a bit of the ethical things that come with that. Um, If you do have education that way, well, we don't have schoolyards. And I'm probably not alone in saying I learned more in the schoolyard than I probably did in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, you add software technology, you add software to the military, you get, you know, obviously drones and things, you get war that's somehow sanitized and cleansed. Is that good for us? I'm not sure. You add software into commerce and you get, whatever, bitcoin and other ways to be anonymous and purchasing power. So I think we explore in the movie a bit you know, what effect that has on the fabric of our society and the you interconnections
0: know, between people. Any thoughts? You know, Ty, as a young person, younger than most in the room, um, it feels like your generation is really you know, conscious about the world and, 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 and the issues that we need to solve as society. How do you feel that, that technology, Uh, Is addressing that both in the book, in the film, and and how it relates to some of the the major themes that we're dealing with in the real world.
2: Yeah, sure. I think one of the major things in in the in the film and in in the book is you know you you know all of your characters are struggling to to accept who they are for themselves, and um, you know the oasis allows you to be whoever you want to be, and that's that's relative to us now. I think you know we're all connected on these digital and social platforms where you know, you have the freedom and the liberation to say whatever you want to say and be whoever you want to be, so um, and you know, I think uh, obviously there's a connectivity to it, there's there's polarity to everything, and uh, I think that you know, when you're using technology um, to strive towards making the world a better place, and you know, you talk about the younger generation being really conscious of our inefficiencies and the problems that we encounter today, I, I think that's It's great because I can, you know, obviously I can speak to you and you can be anywhere in the world. And, um, you know, virtual reality is is incredible because um, it it allows for that seamless, you know, uh, connectivity with someone uh, who can be anywhere and you can be in a virtual world. I want to
0: dig in on the the VR, AR part of it. But but before I do, I want to talk. You mentioned identity and I think that's really interesting. Uh, Since the beginning of the internet, the earliest (coughs) days of message boards to today's social networks, uh, the notion of anonymity in many instances creates lots of benefits and in many instances it breeds trolls and brings out the worst of us uh that's explored in 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 pretty good detail in in the film and the book the notion that you can create your avatar in the oasis however you like your character wade it's a close approximation maybe a slight exaggeration of 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 the real wade some of the other characters Mm. in the book go in very different directions again that analogy between you know, how people in the film and the book use the oasis and how here in the real world we think about anonymity on the internet. Yeah. I'll mean, it's.
1: I, I I'll, I'll, I'll just say there was an ongoing debate, certainly through the writing of it, through the making of it, and then in the edit room, which was, okay, there's a couple themes. Any good movie's going to have several themes at work, right? You have to be sufficiently complex and entertaining. But we were fighting for what's the major theme of the story? And so there's two things that you can, in watching the movie, immediately you notice. One is that everybody spends a hell of a lot of time in the Oasis, right? And is that good for us? So we said, well, the theme of the movie should be you shouldn't be in the Oasis very often. Like, we should limit that. And then the other, we had the other camp, which was, no, no, the theme of the movie is that everybody in the Oasis is lying. They're pretending to be something else, and there's no reconciliation. There's no, you know, um, uh, solving of who you are in the real world with the real life. And so uh, I came out on the, uh, the side of the latter theme, that that's really the most important takeaway from the movie.
2: Yeah, I think that's, that's my takeaway, and I think that's, like, the theme that kind of overtakes everything. And uh, I, I think it's, it's a parallel in the book as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're <laughs> right though. Some of the avatars are outrageous in a, very, in a fun way. <laughs> yeah. to, to do
1: that, by the way, we. Uh, um, it's sort of funny, but the only avatar that looks anything like the person that they are is is you, right? Everybody else, like, yeah, it's like even then, it's like not, it's not that star. far. It's not that far, but it's funny because it's like it's like you were the one that didn't get the memo, and everybody else made themselves into giraffes and <laughs> huge creatures, and then there's this guy in the middle of the movie
0: walking around. He looks very handsome, but uh, <laughs> but otherwise, uh, yeah, it's it's a funny process. So you know, we love to get lost in in, in the world of film, and uh, when we think about science fiction. We think about some things that are now part of our vernacular, like lightsabers. And yet, if you go on the internet, there are you know treasure troves of uh, dossiers written by every scientist <laughs> and geek on demand about how that could right never saber, actually yeah. get made, right? The, the physics wouldn't allow it. The the technology in this film it doesn't feel that far off. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't too long ago people were experimenting with things like Second Life, which is a very you know, two-dimensional version of this, but. It doesn't feel like the oasis is something that is that far off. How did that play into the making of the film? Uh, did you have VR, AR experts? Did you try to to tether the film to something that that was coming down the pike in terms of reality, or were we free to just sort of forget all the rules and create lightsabers? I think the ultimate expert was Ernie
2: Klein. I mean, just creating a world that, as you said, it's not far from. Reality, or not far from a a, a future reality. You know, it's 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 believable, Um, and I think that's you know something that Steven talked about a lot. I think when we were at when we were in San Diego, we we first showed our first trailer at Comic Con, and uh, he said Ready Player One was the coolest flash forward and flash back Mm -hmm. at the same time, and I thought that was such a cool thing. Um, Steven
0: said that. Steven
2: said that. Yeah, and and you know uh, uh, obviously. There's there's this VR boom and, and there's an obsession with it and and uh, you know it's uh, it I think this movie really captures the scalability of it all and, yeah. and how it not not only for for <laughs> entertainment for gaming but obviously you mentioned you know other topics like education and uh, you know it, it allows you to go someplace where uh, you don't have to go anywhere at all and you, <laughs> you you escape to a virtual place um, but I would also I, I think picking up a bit on that though is that, that uh I think what's fun
1: to talk about in the making of the movie is that to make the movie, we had to actually build the oasis to make the movie. We built it in component parts that haven't come together yet to be the metaverse that's presented there. But, but we had to build our sets virtually. So we had all CG sets. Because when you see the movie, you'll see that uh, 80 minutes of the film takes place in a virtual world. 80 minutes of the movie is completely CGI. And to achieve that, we had to build the sets and the worlds in CGI we had to scout them with VR headsets. So Steven would walk around with a VR headset in an open space and go, oh, this is great. This is where the door is. This is where the actors will come in. So he was doing the scout in VR. And then we went about shooting the film. And these were all, um, all of this, by the way, parked and being driven in a game engine. Uh, and then in a very large volumetric space, you, sh- you would show up two months later, throw on motion capture gear with your other actors, and drive the animation in real time that we would composite into the virtual space and look through a VR headset. Now, that is the Oasis. It's, in, it's a really expensive version of the Oasis. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't think, you know, that's, we have some problems there we have to get over. But in the end, you're standing there going like, wow, we kind of built the first stage of the Oasis here in order to just get to making the movie. And Steve, you can move a virtual camera around in that space. Uh, we could go back and do pickups. And uh, uh, well, you know, you tell me a little bit about the days you would spend running around uh, an empty white room or big I, white room.
2: I actually loved it. I mean, I found it super creative, I and mean, you know, we, we you talk about some of those tools we had. I mean, Stephen was able to pick his shot size and point the you know the V cam wherever, which would uh, V cam being
1: just game. A, a it's nothing. It's actually just a transmitter that shows where he happens to be looking. Yeah, a,
2: a, but it has a it has a monitor displaying the real time. So basically, all of uh, us, all the actors in the film are wearing these motion capture suits, and we're driving. Our avatars, so it's, it's it's kind of a strange concept because you're you're in the space. There's you look ridiculous. You're wearing this onesie with reflective balls all over you and 163 dots on your face, and uh, you look around to your go your your, your actor uh, that's working with you, and you're like, uh oh, yeah, well, you look you look crazy, and he's like, yeah, you look crazy, and then you look over, and on on the monitor you see like. Your avatars that you're driving, and you can see the world that they're walking around in. And like, oh, okay. Yeah, and although it's on a 2D display, you know, we had a we had a, an Oculus Rift that was was uh, tethered to um, an engine that could put us in uh, the. It was basically like a, a raw version of what the environment would be in the in the film after all the visual effects were done. But that was super helpful because we could throw on the headset and walk around in the in the in the volume. And basically, I could if you were you know, if you were driving an avatar, I could look at you and I could see you in the virtual world, say it was in the, uh, I don't know, it is journals, you know, I, we could be in that environment and I could see you. So that was super helpful for that's, us to, to... That's being uh, in the Oasis. Yeah. And, but it was, and, and, if and any, you uh, mentioned
0: Oculus. How many, what other tools do you use to, to recreate that? Was it all, how much of it did you have to build from scratch versus off the shelf things like Oculus where you're able to plug and play and, and, and get there?
1: So the, well, the, the, the tools, there's a lot of tools involved. The tools for building the CG space are conventional um, visual effects tools and game engine tools, import, or you build them using normal modeling and rigging tools, you port them into a game engine. That's, I want to say standard, but fairly tricky. And then the proprietary part of it is the, the making it all work in real time. And that's the stuff that, that uh, Digital Domain our partners on that film spent a tremendous amount of time building a system that could allow for real-time uh, generating and compositing, and then as well as real-time movement of the camera. Um, and it's, it's an incredibly sophisticated, obviously, work there, but I got a kick out of the fact that when you go over to the board where, they, where all of it's coming together, and all, you know, Stephen's walking around with basically a, a black square that we're calling You know, this is his virtual camera, and you're walking around a white space. And then you go over to the board, and there are icons to identify things: are a roll of film and a 35 millimeter camera thing. So they're using all these icons, like from 40 years ago, to try and identify, (laughs) so that you can somehow relate to this to what's happening in front of you. But um, one, one other answer to your question about, you know, is this possible? Some people always, you know, some people say, yeah, sure, you're going to get through all of the the technology and you could someday bring together that very expensive version of the Oasis that you built to make the movie. But you're never going to be able to put all of the media that's referenced in the book. It takes place in the night. I mean it does take place, it uh, takes place in 20, uh, 2046, but uh, Halliday, who invented the Oasis, is obsessed with the 1980s, and so in the book and in the movie, wherever you go, you have every bit of 1980s media available all the time. And someone said to me, but that would be impossible. So we did some calculations and realized if you took the 100 most popular movies from the 1980s, and the 100 most popular songs, and the 100 most popular TV shows, and 100 different newspapers from every single day, they would all fit on a three terabyte drive, which is what I got my son for Christmas for $175 for Best Buy. (laughs) So, I mean, it's kind of extraordinary. That's amazing um, processing power that's gonna help get us
0: there. Um, Both of you have referenced Steven Spielberg, uh, the director of the film, and certainly one of the iconic artists working uh, in the world. He has a history of, uh, in some of his biggest films, exploring how technology (coughs) intersects with morality, Uh, the morality of DNA cloning in Jurassic Park, the morality of potentially uh, convicting people of crimes before they're committed in Minority Report, certainly the exploration of artificial intelligence and the morality of near human uh, existence in, in AI. It feels like we're exploring that here again. I feel like Stephen often is at his best when he's exploring Uh, that intersection between technology and morality. Did that come up often on set? Was that a theme?
2: I think it's a relative theme to the story. Yeah, I mean, there's, in the movie, I'm not sure how many of you guys have read the book, but there's basically uh, this corporation, they're called IOI, and they kind of moderate all the gear you need to enter the OASIS. So there's a monetization point there um, through through this large corporation, and they have Monopoly. On all the VR gear, the haptic suits, the gloves, the headsets, everything. Um, but once you get into the Oasis, uh, it's totally free to enter the Oasis. You know, other things and exclusivities cost money, um, as you'll see in the film. But um, there's, you know,
0: a, a, at some in point the book, in the book, your in, character is poor, yeah. and until things start to happen. He had never left, basically, the, 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 the one basic world right. that you can exactly. explore as a, as a basic character. There's this entire yeah. infinite yeah. universe, but because he didn't have means, anyway.
2: So suddenly something happens. My character starts to uh, get a lot more rich in the, in the <laughs> Oasis. And, uh, and then this corporation is, is, is trying to find this guy and actually comes into his life in the real world and does things to him. to creates obstacles to try to stop him from winning inside this game. So there's, you know, there's a whole uh, corruption there, which I think is probably kind of what you're hinting at. Sure.
1: Yeah, it immediately becomes about net neutrality suddenly before it was, we were right, we were making a movie about net neutrality before it became the issue of the day. Um, and, and when working with Stephen, I think, I think you're absolutely right that he ends up, by design or just by the nature of him as an artist, ending up making movies about some of these salient topics of our time, and and, and very important ethical and moral issues. Uh, I know from working with him that he doesn't always set out to do that, Uh, but I think think he's naturally drawn to those areas. I think what's extraordinary is the way, I mean, you take this extraordinarily complex book, and then all of the ideas in here, but really he kind of distilled it down to almost a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory story. Right? I mean, he has this ability to take really, really complex ethical and moral issues and very complex worlds, and interesting technology, and science fiction notions. And then, what I love about his movies, and I love about this movie, is that, in the end, it just comes down to, if not a Horatio Alger, Alger story, some other very solid American story, very simple about a character that just has a simple desire to be the best version of themselves, regardless of all of what's going on around them. And that makes it, you know, suddenly you find yourself, as a viewer, just sucked into, a story in a very accessible way and now without any preaching
0: you're sorting out the ethical issues yourselves. And I think that's very Absolutely. much the
1: effect of that movie. Of um, this,
0: movie. Y- this room, while I'm sure there's a spectrum of political beliefs and leanings, it typically leans a little left um, and Shocking. I imagine, raise your hand if you are for net neutrality. So you know, I would say most. Um, the, as you mentioned, the film in many ways is that debate brought to life. Yeah. Uh, I'm not spoiling anything in the film by saying that, uh, as it was displayed in the trailer, there's essentially a race to win the game inside the Oasis. And pretty much all of the users, they're called gunters, egg hunters, are looking to win both for fame and fortune, but also to ensure that the Oasis is open to everyone. Whereas the big evil corporation and their nefarious Sixers, uh, army of Sixers, are looking to win basically so they can privatize it and so they can make it a, a cash cow. Uh, it really does feel like a, uh, a fictional, um, certainly you know, built for entertainment purposes, but uh, analogy to this very real debate that we're having about whether the internet should be entirely open or whether it should be throttled and controlled and certain aspects of it made available only to people who can afford it.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think that's why the movie's so timely as well. and you know it's a it's an issue that is going to affect everyone, um, you know on both sides the uh, consumer and people who are anyway I, I think that go, just going back to ernie klein it's you know it's interesting that you know i well really what you said about a story it's a simple story mm-hmm. about a character you know trying to reach an ultimate goal, and then there are all these complexities and politics that kind of are oblique to the rest of the story, and I, I think that inside of that, that creates a depth and a complexity. But um, yeah, in this case, it's, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's nice to make a film uh, that kind of touches on pressing issues. And, and <laughs> yeah. it not, not, I don't think it, not in a way that puts it in any bias, but maybe makes people think about it a bit more.
1: Well, you hope so. I mean, it, it, you don't want to make a polemic, because it, that's just not what we're here to see. But, but um, I want to add one thing to the, the bad guys, the corporation, IOI. Um, I think what's important is they, 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 they're going to make a lot of money, but they also think they're right. They really do. You know, there's this one scene that goes by very quickly in the movie where they're, they're debating like, okay, yes, of course, we, we should take this over because that's ultimately the best thing for the Oasis. It's how it will grow the biggest. It's how we'll be able to uh, provide the best services, um, and they start trying to make a convincing case for why, and this is the case against net, net neutrality you know, this will be the efficiencies will be better for mankind in general than, than for any single individual. You probably can't analyze it on that level. Um, but, uh, uh, and so the, that, that, that complexity, I think, is very valuable to the movie in as much as that you start to get a little bit of a look on the other side. But at the core of their argument, um, we start to detect is that they really don't trust the mankind's nature, our essential nature. You know, their argument, Sorrento's argument ultimately is that if we left this thing to a bunch of kids, they'll just destroy it, they'll just ruin it, they'll make it too, you know, they'll they'll cheapen it, they'll make it all about left-wing politics and that we can't let happen.
0: So, um, we have a couple minutes left, Ty, I wanna turn to you. Uh, It's a really exciting moment to be in the creative arts. Uh, You obviously have extraordinary opportunities in the film and television world, and and, and this film uh, is going to be a major platform for you. But unlike maybe previous generations of, of actors, where you're sort of waiting for that next project. Uh, many in your generation, and, and you in particular, have an opportunity to be proactive and to think about not only what you wanna do on screen, but what you wanna do off screen, and, and how you can be entrepreneurial. Uh, talk about being a young entrepreneur and, and how your interests diverge. I know you have a business that you're starting. Uh, would love, you don't have to talk about that specifically unless you want to, but certainly just the notion of balancing being an actor and, and a blockbuster nonetheless with the notion of wanting to build things and create and, and, and be diverse in that regard.
2: Yeah, I think that, I mean obviously it's an exciting time because it, you know, I feel that everyone feels confident that they have a chance to, to leave their footprint on the world and change it in some way and change it for um, the greater good of, of the world and, and it's, it's, a, you know, it's an incredible. Uh, it's an, I think it's an incredible world to live in. But, you know, it's a, it's a trait you see that's quite common in a lot of young creative people. And, um, you know, Chris and I were speaking. It's, it's, you know, a lot of it's the mentality of a lot of young companies. And, um, you know, just for example, my my business partner and I, uh, we, we started a startup and, you know, we were looking at kind of, uh, striving towards interactivity, and we started looking at a lot of different uh, devices that we all use. You know, there's you're constantly connected to your phone and, and um, your computer, and everything's interactive except for your TV. So, um, you know, we we wanted to produce pursue something that was interactive in, in, in that sense and in, in that aspect, um, and we're actually out raising our our seed round right now. But you know, it's uh, I, I think I have a lot of friends that. That sometimes come to me with ideas, or you know it's something that's it's talked about uh, quite commonly between you know me and my peers at least so
0: it's uh, it's exciting and do do you, do you see you see that like you're on set and you know it's in between shots, <laughs> and everyone's going back to their trailer and writing their business plan and you know, talking to their investors <laughs> pretty
2: much <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean I think a lot of people just like to sit around and debate, and sometimes you know you find that it's just—it's really inspiring to sit around with a lot of young people and that all have really good ideas. And sometimes, you know, they don't agree I, with you, and you don't agree with them. And then there's a I,
1: you're being you're being kind of modest, which was funny. It was during the during the fin- finishing of the movie, um, you and I were talking. You're in the midst of developing this software tool and that you're talking about right now this this thing that has some interactive television aspects to it But those conversations you would ask me some advice about something or some way to approach somebody and it was all like I was talking to the character in the movie because (laughs) I'm sort of trying to separate the things out because we're in the middle of trying to finish a movie about a guy who's got this sort of point of view so um, I'm glad to see that after the movie's Rapture still—you didn't just <laughs> well, shelve that and go become a pirate think, or something. Yeah, <laughs> and this
2: whole this whole experience has been just so <laughs> such a pleasure. To, I mean, I'm I'm so happy to be in this film and I've worked with yeah. you, Chris, and and obviously Steven and the rest of the team. Um, but yeah, I was completely obsessed with virtual reality <laughs> way before this, this uh, I, I heard about uh, this film was being made, and um, it's just <laughs> coincidentally uh, now I'm in the film and. Um, you know it's uh, so it's uh, you know it's really exciting and I'm a huge fan of the book as well and and uh, everything that the the story stands for
0: Well the film certainly shows the biggest possible application of VR and AR technology and, and, and hopefully is a, a really great roadmap for where we can take it both for scientific uh, societal uh, but also commercial purposes there's lots of yeah, potential um, you know I want to thank Upfront for, for having us. Thanks to Warner Brothers also you know, for, 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 for hosting today and for making the trailer available. This is a Warner Brothers feature. Uh, hope everyone enjoys their time today. Hope everyone gets a chance to go see Ready Player One. And Thanks. we'll all be around to talk later. Thank, thank you. you.